It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's About to Go Down. I'm Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams, and we have with us today, he's not just an educator, he's not just a district leader, he is Dave Graber, the character, this guy is a character beyond character, he's like, he's like Norm from Cheers, when he walks into the room, everyone's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Dave is here with an idea about how are not being assessed correctly in schools so what should we do about it and he's got this whole concept called authentic assessments so Dave welcome to this idea conversation with Kathy and I and tell us a little bit about what an authentic assessment is and why do we need it and, and what do you mean kids are not being assessed correctly in schools Dave well, thank you guys. Thank you, Mark and Kathy, for having me. I'm excited. Um, you know, uh, in the world of education, uh, new ideas are really rare. Um, so really what I, I want to do is shed some light on um, how to put something into play that kind of exists already and it's right in front of everybody's face. It's like that, that thing that everybody knows but doesn't really see it. Right. And so how, how do we get people to actually see it is really the idea. Right. And so um, the, the idea came to me. I'm pulling up a quote. I'm going to read it to you directly. And it was uh, when the, the New York City schools, public schools, chancellor, new chancellor, David C. Banks, he said uh, when he was being inaugurated into the position and, and starting, he had said uh, the following. He said that schools spend, quote, too much time on standardized tests and should focus, quote, on more real things. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you know, he said, uh, if you ask me my personal opinion, I think exams are important, but I don't think they are everything, said Banks. And cert I certainly don't think that they should be playing the outsized role that they play. Now, uh, it's an interesting thing for the chancellor of, of uh, the largest school district in the country to say is, you know, it's, it, there are truer words there couldn't be. However, presiding over a system to enact something like that, right, takes an awful lot of deep thought and a lot, of, a lot of work on behalf of a lot of people, especially when some of that kind of stuff is top down, right? And so when it gets filtered all the way down, the end of the day, schools in New York City are held accountable to metrics, right? And those metrics are measured by standardized exams um, that are given by New York State. And, and again, you know, if you think about it from the perspective of the state, right, where you're dealing with whatever the number of schools in the state, whatever, you know, thousands upon thousands and, you know, students, right? You know, millions and millions of students and thousands in each district. And how do you keep track as a state so that I could keep making sure that the federal funding is coming into the state so that the state can then pour the state funding into the schools and make decisions about where that funding goes, right? Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, schools need to be funded, right? And they need to be funded fairly. And, and so how do they make those decisions? So that's just a little peep into sort of the state's piece, but it doesn't really jive with what's happening on the ground, right? Because on the ground, what happens as a result of sort of mandates like that and, and, and things to that effect are 
people in the school space start saying, well, I need to get that to that place, right? And if I need to get to that place, I have to do this thing called test prep. Whisper that word, it's test prep. Can you read my lips? Yes, test, test prep, test prep. Bad, evil words. There's a few dirty words I'm gonna to say today on this podcast. I apologize to your audience and you guys in advance. And one of them is test prep, it's a really dirty phrase. The other one is data. Uh, that's another really dirty word. Um, but, you know, the idea that we have the ability to, we're, all we're talking about with assessment, right, as educators, at the end of the day, is how do I know? B basic question, how do I know? How do I know how my child, my children, my child, my group, my grade, my school, my whatever level you're at, right? doesn't matter whether you're the chancellor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a principal, whether you're a parent, how do I know where my child is from here, the beginning, to here at the end, right? And, and what are those checkpoints in between? So when you break down like that, and, and, and we'll go deeper later, I'm sure you'll have questions, but like sort of, you know, how do teachers learn how to do that, right? That's the bedrock of education. How do we learn how to do it? Well, the fact is we don't really, right? When you go to school. So that, that's something we talk about later, but all authentic assessment really means okay, at the end of the day, is a form of assessment, and I'll, I'm going to discuss sort of what that word means, because that's sort of an ominous word as well, but it's a form of assessment in which students are asked to perform real-world tasks that demonstrate meaningful applications of essential knowledge and skills in that particular topic or subject area, right? That's all that authentic assessment means. It's not a secret word or a big brand new idea, but people often think of it as terms of multiple choice tests, I need to get the number, I have an 80%, I got like a curve and blah, 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 and whatever it might be, right? They don't think of two key words in that statement, which is perform real world tasks and meaningful application, right? Now, when you, you know, when I talk about, I, I think that answers your question, right? And sort of what, what does authentic assessment mean and where does this idea generate from? So I, I have plenty more to say, so I'll, I'll take a break. <laughs> Let you guys ask. <laughs> well, I, I feel like I'm out of my league here too because I'm not in the New York school system. So maybe I'll have a great outsider perspective as well. But I just have a I have a couple of really quick questions, uh, Dave, because I want to understand too with the real world tasks and the meaningful applications. What what would be some of the things like what like what would that mean? What what would what would that cover? So I'll give you an example. So um, I was a ELA teacher, right? Uh, and I oftentimes did a lot of extra work and I taught math after school, which is very strange. Um, the ELA teachers don't teach math, but you know, I wanted to, 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 to work after school to make some money when I was younger. And so I, I said, I'll do whatever you need me to do. They said, well, we have a math prep course on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have ELA on Mondays and Wednesdays. You want to work all four days, you get four days, you got to teach math. I said, I'm in, I'll teach math. And so I was trying to teach, uh, length width, um, uh, when you go across the plane, ELA, Mark, help me out, right? When you, when you try to measure the size of a TV screen, right? When you, when you try to measure the size of a TV screen and you want to buy a 60 inch television, you don't measure it from left to right, right? You measure it diagonally, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get the area. Yeah, sure. Right, right. So yeah, exactly. So, so what I did was, but in order to prepare for that particular lesson and little, I didn't know, by the way, what I was, that I was making real world connections at the time. I didn't use fancy edge of speak, right? I was just a teacher trying to like, mm -hmm. make sure I had something to teach these kids in front of me. And I th thought, you know, in this, I'm going to age myself here a little bit, Mark, right? This is before flat screen TVs or they were like, right when flat screen <laughs> TVs were like, 
um, blowing up, right? Like, and if you think about it, the exponential rate is not that long ago, okay? Yeah. Um, but the point is, is it was right around then, so it was really relevant, right? Like, people were like, oh my God, you got a flat screen on your wall. Like, this is crazy. Um, this is amazing. Like, I can, like, you have all the space, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we, I did a whole lesson on, like, choosing a television, mm. right? And, like, how do you pick the size that's right for your wall? And like, gotcha. I just looked up, you know, I looked up specs and I just pulled out, you know, I Googled instructions or whatever it was. And like, voila, like, like, you know, all mm. of a sudden I had this real world opportunity for them in which to learn. Now you can't always do that, right? But you can position things in as real world um, a way as possible. So for, I, I, I have an example that I want to give it was the math problem, but um, I want to mm. couch it first, right? And so like, there's two ways to break down the word assessment, right? And so there's assessment for learning and assessment of learning, right? So two, two key pieces, it's not just assessment, right? And so assessment for learning is really, you know, um, not just for kids, by the way, it's for adults as well, like because they're assessing to learn for themselves what the kids know and don't know, right? It all goes back to what do I, what, what, what do I want kids to know and what do I want them to be able to do? And how do I know how they did on that? And how do I know if they achieved that, right? So it's basic premise of setting a goal, you know, putting a path out for the child, letting them get to that goal, right? And that assessment piece, the assessment for learning is the march towards that, right? So, you know, if I give, and when you design learning sort of sequences or units of study, as we call them, right? Um, you, you sort of, start easy and you scale your way up so that those you know those assessment questions get harder and harder and harder and harder and you try to couch it in as real world a possible way you know way as possible then the idea is at the end right at the end point of that unit of study i give something you know what i just described was sort of formative work right mm -hmm. and then when i get to the end of the learning experience it becomes a summative moment right and that summative moment really should often be assessed in a way that has no relation to the work that we just did, but only apply the skills that we just learned onto something brand new, right? right. So what I'm doing there, in, in, and that's over the course of 10, uh, 11 months of school, right? And unit to unit. So let's say, you know, I have four units in a year, five units in a year in, in any given subject, right? Those units are six to eight to nine weeks long, dependent again, right? Mm -hmm. Four to six to eight weeks, right. whatever. And you're building this learning process, right? And you're assessing for the learning, for the learning, making adjustments, making adjustments. Then I have to say, okay, we have to move on. I need to know what you know, what you don't know. Mm -hmm. I can circle back or put you in a remediation piece, you know, get you after schoolwork, you know, whatever it may be to help catch you up on that, which you didn't. But now I have to move on, right? Without leaving you behind necessarily, right? It depends on the subject. Right. But, but again, that's what the assessment work does for me, right? So if I authentically am assessing kids and putting them in real worlds, because if I just keep asking them questions like they do in the state exam, they just get answer honestly. There's not honest work, right? But when teaching, and the reason why math is a really good example of this, okay, is because everybody thinks that in math instruction, first of all, in math instruction, there's very few, and I apologize to anybody I'm offending, but with this, uh, but very few, and if you are one, sweet, very few elementary school teachers are math teachers or teachers of math. Mm. You, you know, on the internet, when Common Core rolled out, why do I need to do all this stuff with the boxes and the charts and things and, the, mm -hmm. ah, and why, right? And people are going to get annoyed with me, but that's because you don't, those parents didn't understand. 
what was happening because parents learn math to get answers and we're not trying to teach kids to get answers now ultimately they have to answer questions right and they have to pass the test so there is answer getting but when i'm teaching math right there's ways to to design formative assessment or what what i like to call tasks performance tasks right that have rubrics that help uh, the kid to identify what they did right, what they did wrong, what they need to do better, et cetera. But those performance-based tasks have multiple, and there's, there's something called depth of knowledge, right? There's, there's, uh, you know, there's tasks that ask just for recall, which is really basic. There are tasks that ask you to expand on that a little bit. And it, it, I'm, that's a whole podcast unto itself. But the idea is, is I wanna create rich task experiences that allow kids to express. So, right, so here's, here's this math example. Let's say, and, and catch, I apologize because Mark will relate a little more to this in terms of like what a, a quality lesson looks like. But the idea is, is I'm going to teach fourth grade kids perimeter. I'm going to ask you guys to do this math too, by the way. I'm, uh oh. Uh -oh. fourth grade math uh -oh. Dave, wait, Mark, Mark Davis started in the first game of this podcast. I know. <laughs> well, this is an idea. This is just a way, this show, this is an illustrative point about. How do I assess for learning? And what does that look like in comparison to what's more traditionally known, which is assessment of learning, right? Like that end of unit multiple choice test, right? But again, when I'm teaching, I'm always assessing, I'm always assessing. This is why it's a dirty word because I'm always doing it. It's, uh, I'm always doing it. But when you do it well and you do it right, it's amazing because it makes you a better teacher, right? And the point is, is I'm doing this lesson on perimeter. And a really good lesson is I, you guys come into my room after lunch and on the board, it has the do now, right? And on the do now is a square and the square is, yeah, I can show you, right? The square looks like this. It looks like this. It has the. Yeah, right in front of you. There we go. Ah. Keeps it the parent. There, there, oh, we, there go. we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. See the four by four? That was the lesson yeah. we did yesterday about, we had a whole discussion about triangle, about uh, rectangles and squares and can a rectangle be a square? And we use that as an example. So you knew that that was four, okay. four, and then you had to, the do now is to fill out the other two sides. So you knew it was four and four, right? Mm -hmm. So the do, uh, the aim was today, you're going to learn about, you know, students will be able to figure out the perimeter of any given space, right? Whatever the, you know, there's very formulaic ones in every school. And then there's a mini lesson, right? And this mini lesson follows a very specific format. I'm going to, um, I'm going to show you, right? Then we are going to do it together. And then you are going to do it, right? It's traditional teaching, a very do, basic do, pedagogical yeah. move of, you know, I do, we do, you do, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I give, you know, I, I have this, uh, I, you know, like whatever it is on the board, they, oh, the formulas there, they often take their notes, right? Every teacher in America makes kids take their notes, right? So they take their notes, they write down the formula for perimeter, right? So I wrote on the board side plus side plus side plus side equals P. And I explain it to everybody. The I do part, right? Like, you know, if we and then I give an example. I put, a, you know, I draw a house or whatever. I draw on the board and I show an example. Look, see if, and I go back to this example, right? And I say like, so we can figure out and, and then, you know, you add the sides, right? And then we do it together. I put, I have another problem and I put it on the board and I ask Johnny to come up or I ask Sally to come up or, you know, whoever. And they do, you know, we do it together and everybody raises hands and surfaces misconceptions and it's fantastic, right? It's beautiful, right? And then uh, group one, I have my kids grouped, right? Based on how I know them, right? Higher performing kids, low performing kids, uh, kids mixed with each other so that they can help each other, language barrier kids, whatever it might be. And they each have 
you know, questions one through five in the textbook, questions six through 10 in the textbook, questions, you know, 11 through 15. And I have the answer key, right, as the teacher, so I don't even have to think about it. I could just check everybody off, right? I'm doing the assessment part of my lesson, you know, because in every lesson you have to, how do I know? How do I know if the kids learned it or not, right? Great. Sounds like a good lesson, right, Mark? Would you a former principal, assistant principal, you would rate that lesson. It's got all the components, right? It does. Yeah, it's all the checks. It's, it's effective, but it's boring. <laughs> boring. It's boring. It is. The kids sit there, they take the notepad. You think they ever go back to their notebook unless their parents tell them and look at that formula that you wrote? Mm. Probably not, right? You know? So, point being, look at it this way now at the end of lunch you come back to the room i'm standing outside the door and i have a piece of paper in my hand and i hand this piece of paper don't look at this piece of paper go to your desk go to your desk get your group take the piece of paper everybody goes in okay everybody gets in everybody sits down hush up what's going on what's this piece of paper don't look at the paper don't look at the paper i have a problem and i need your help so i take out your math notebook you're going to need it but Here's what we, I don't even have anything written on the board, which my principal would shoot me for, right? Okay. How dare you not have a swabot on the board? Whatever. Anyway, I have this problem. My landlord, it's really a big deal. The land, my landlord is allowing me on my little um, space that I have in the back. You know, I'm on the ground floor, right? Of, of my walk up. I have, I have the ability to build a four foot by four foot little dunk pool. Sweet, right? Mm. Right, dip my feet in, maybe cold plunge. Right, guys, awesome. I'll invite you guys over. We'll have a little class barbecue. Kids, like, yeah, right. I would get everybody quiet then. Okay, okay, but I need your help. You got to help me because I want to make it look nice, right? So I want to surround this four foot by four foot pool with these beautiful one foot by one foot tiles. Right. But I only have a small budget. I need to know how many exactly how many tiles I need. And I need you guys to help me figure that out. So on that paper I gave you is exactly what I just described. Right. So you don't have to rethink. I don't have to retell it. I don't have to re-say it. Now, I put it on the board and I get to work. Get to work. Everybody get to work. So you guys go ahead and get to work real quick. Two of you. Got it oh. yet? Yeah. You got the problem? You know what the problem is? Four foot by four foot pool, one foot by one foot tiles. I want to surround my pool. How many tiles do I need? Right? That's the ultimate question. I'm going to turn my screen thing off so that I can share paper with you. Come on, guys. Fourth grade. Okay. All right. What, 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 uh, a big famous assessment question. What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? I, you got, I got 14. You got 14? Mm -hmm. talk, to, talk to us about 14. How'd you get 14? Because well, you, you have four. And I'm assuming you're putting this on the in, inner side. So I was did you, going did you Did you draw something down there? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I did like, I started drawing it out. Right. And then I was like, one, two, three, four. And then I'm like, well, if I do four, one of those tiles is going to take up the other side, right? Awesome. So here's what I want you to do with your group, right? I remember we're role playing, right? So what is what I want you to do with your group? I want you to, to, first of all, see if everybody agrees with you, number one. Number two, I want you to write a math sentence that describes how I can find that, right? Like, so your next task is to write a math sentence, right? So I'll be back in a minute. Mark, how did you get that number that you got? You got 16 um, for your group? 
How'd you guys get that? Yeah, I, I, I just took the formula of the four by four, and then I took the formula of the one by one. Um, what formula are you actually, talking about? Oh, wait a minute. The um, I took the side plus the side plus the side plus the side. Where'd you get Where'd you get that from? That's um, great. I love it. Where'd you get that from? How'd you come up with that? I, I, I looked it up on the internet. Oh, you used your phone. You know, you're not supposed to do that. Young what? Right, I'll let it slide this time. But oh. so here's what I want you to do. Can you with your group and can you explain to your group that formula that quote unquote formula? I love that math word. We're going to put that one on the oh, wall. Oh, I got yeah. 12. It's wrong. Well, it's, there's no wrong answer here. Right. And so like I, so now. Right. So good. Right now. Here's what another group did. Okay, another group did this. Okay, so that was your group and your group. You, your group got 14 originally. You can adjust it to 12 if you want. Your group got 16, right, Mark? So my group did this. Kind of took the same route you did, Kathy, right? Uh -huh. and, and did, did, so they drew the pool, right? There's the pool, yeah. right? See? Yeah. And then they did like this. this. They right? said it's four feet. Well, they said it's four by four, right? Just like you did, right? Well, okay. hold on a second. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, yeah, good, good. Then... I just put four and four on the other side, right? Just like that, yep. right? Then I know I needed one foot by one foot tiles, right? How many tiles does that mean is gonna fit on each side? I'm gonna see. That's where, I, that's where I think I went into the inner because well, on the so, outer- Right, we'll talk about that. Oh, no, yeah. I'm glad you did that. We'll talk about that. That's really important. That's a huge misconception okay. and I wanna, I wanna address that with the class. So that's okay. a- I'm stepping out of role now, right? That's okay. That's a that's a an immediate. That now you see what I'm talking about. If I'm yeah. just assessing of learning at the end, I don't know that you don't know that in the middle of a lesson, right? Mm. I don't know that you have that misconception, and I ignore you for the rest of the year because you're shy and you don't even say anything, and you're like, oh, okay, like whatever. Got it wrong. Right? You know what I mean? There's 30 of those kids <laughs> in every room. Seriously. Right. So so look what I did, right? Yeah. So you have you have 16. Well, I got I well I well. I'm just showing you. So my group actually, that was one group did that, got 16, right? Another group decided they wanted it to be really nicely surrounded because that was the word that was used in the problem, surround. So they put the four corners and their answer was actually 20, okay? Mm -hmm. Then another group using manipulative said, yo, Graber, it needs to be prettier. So we cut two, we cut four of them in half and sort of hooked oh. it up like that. Right. So now 18. as a teacher, listen, as a teacher, fourth grade math teacher, untrained in teaching math, you didn't get the right answer. How'd you get 20? It's 16 side by side, by side, by side. But but I'm not giving any kids any, any, any opportunity in that teaching. Right. So that's a, that's an example right there of assessment for learning. Mm -hmm. I, I, that was a test. But I, I, you, right. so I would come back at the and talk to you about why'd you go on the inside? The problem said surround. That could have been a language barrier issue that I didn't know about, right? So mm -hmm. when I develop an authentic assessment experience, whether it's small, large, for stakes, for low stakes, right? Look, what I just did was assess you, but there was no stakes. The only stakes was you learning mm -hmm. something, right? So mm -hmm. when I, right, when I attach stakes to it, kids need to be ready for that. So you need to give them these experiences authentically to build them and ramp them up to so that even when you put an unauthentic piece in front of them, the realistic piece, the state exam, the regions, whatever, right? There doesn't matter. And, and here's the problem. The problem is, is teachers don't trust that. 
And therefore they feel I have to control every inch of this because A, my, my, my rating is based on it, right? Which was big, big argument across the state for a long time. But B, we might close as a school. I might not have a job. So I got to teach to this test. Yeah. So when this test comes, my kids are ready. Test prep, test prep, test prep to the textbook. So it takes all the creativity out of teaching. It takes all the, but really yeah. if that's the stuff that drives good teaching. And good learning is creativity and application to real world. So I think that answers your question. Oh my God. That was like that was okay, demonstration just, 101. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, okay. I think I need to, I I, I think I, I well, you showed it. I'm I'm a creative person, right? So I was like, oh, he's trying to like, he wants to surround the outside of the tank, is what I was thinking. And so that's why I got my thing. But then, but then I started thinking even worse, like my, I would even go worse. Cause now if you're saying it, like it was completely outside of it, then I'd be like, oh, it's way more than four by four. Cause the distance outside of it needs to be six by six or right. Like but the, or so, but the, or the experience needs of, to be smaller. <laughs> that's what I want the, the experience to get you to ask me. Right. Hey, right, you right, mean right. the whole yard graber? Like oh, I it, it, we don't have you only have that. four by four like, space like, for the whole thing. And then that's so real then the world, three, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Even that's if it's nonsense, yeah. but it's also nonsense, right? Like I'm not building a four foot by four foot pool in my backyard in, in Brooklyn <laughs> or whatever. But but a kid might do it. And and what I love about what you said, and by the way, I I I just looked up the formula, and it was just like the formula, and that's what we kind of do do. We just teach them the formula and memorize the formula. What I love about what you said though is, first of all, drawing it and seeing it. It, it, it was a real type of scenario, even if it wasn't really your scenario. And the questions that you talked about kind of expanded this, that it's not just really about, and as you said it earlier, it's not really just about an answer. It's about thinking, right? And so even asking those questions like, well, what do you mean surround? Because I got a lot of surround to cover. So I want to make it, you know, and, and yes, you can catch the errors in thinking and catch the differences in language. But at the end of the day, everybody is thinking and explaining their thinking and giving you an opportunity and giving us as an opportunity as teachers to really, really assess learning. Yeah, but if you came into my room and I was doing that lesson the second way, untrained assistant principals or principals would give me a developing or worse because I didn't yeah, have right. A, B, C, and D. But meanwhile, the second lesson was way more highly effective than the first. I did the oh. same. I did the same thing, by the way. And it, uh, and I think it, it it's not boring. And it showed. And it not only did it show kind of the real world uh, application, uh, or meaningful applications, you know, real real world tasks. But like I started thinking about how everybody else thinks about things. You know, like you were think you understand yeah. their like you said you are more concerned about how they think. You know, some people you're like, oh, they're creative. They're thinking about they're thinking about cutting the tiles in half and like making it look beautiful. Somebody else is like, that doesn't make sense, Dave. If you have a four by four, you can't put the tiles right next to it. So like, that's why I was like framing it on the top. I was like, okay, I'm gonna frame it on the top because then you'd need a six by six if you wanna be able to walk around. Like, I don't know, you're like, there's so many more. And as a teacher, I could say, I could see you saying, oh yeah, you're right. You know, this group, you're right. This group, you're right. Like if, if that's how you're, if that's it doesn't how you matter. That it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's like that's. But it will matter when they take that when I give them a test at the when I assess when I do an assessment of learning, right yeah. at the end. 
And I say, now put that, what you, you know, that, that conceptual understanding into play on something unrelated that you've never seen before. So like when people say that the state exams are unfair, no, they're just boring and they suck. Excuse my language. They, they're not, they're not bad necessarily. They're not great. They're not amazing. Right. They, they're, they're, you know, they serve a purpose. Right. And, and what I love about what our chancellor said is he's trying to flip the script and say, yeah, we understand we got to do that, but we're, we're not, we're, we're rethinking how to put weight on that. And we want to put more weight, I think on what that, that second version. Right. And then, you know, it leads to, um, it just leads to better teaching, right? Like there, there's two guys and, and, and which then leads to more better curriculum, right? Because because if you're thinking about assessing like that, you need to rethink how you're teaching, right? You need to rethink what you're teaching. So like there's two guys, this guy, Grant Wiggins and this guy, Richard Stiggins, Wiggins and Stiggins. I'm making this up are you Dave no no Grant Grant Wiggins and Richard J Stiggins they're like they wrote books they're like they're like the old they're like the OGs of of curriculum and assessment like the OGs like everybody refers to them and like you know grad students in five years from now that's like those are the guys right and Mm. they're they're really the guys and they're they're very unsophisticated this is what they say ready I'm going to read Wiggins quote first this is from 93 Right. And Wiggins quote is engaging in worthy problems or questions of importance in which students must use knowledge to fashion performances, use that word flexibly, effectively and creatively. The tasks are either replicas of or analogous to the kinds of problems faced by adult citizens and consumers or professionals in the field. That was Grant Wiggins. And then what Stiggins said is Buddy Stiggins. Um, this is not uh, Dr. Du- what is that? Liza Doolittle, you know. Oh, yeah. This isn't that. But what uh, Professor Stiggins said was performance assessments call upon the examinee to demonstrate specific skills and competencies, and I love that word, that is to apply the skills and knowledge they have mastered, right? So there's levels of this thing. It's not like, you know, it's, 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 it, it can still be a writing, like I could still be asking you to write, a, write an essay, okay, at the end of the day. But your experiences leading up to that essay can be all kinds of different things. And, mm-hmm. and even when I pose that essay to you, it can still be rigorous, right? And it can still be deep, right? It can still be asking you to do things on multiple cognitive levels. And that's be- what becomes authentic, right? Because the real world problems ask you to engage on multiple cognitive levels, right? It's like you just, you just demonstrated, like I had to think, you had to think about like the inside, the outside, the words around, like... Yeah, I had to think about all this stuff, but right. So it's it's complex, but really, the you know the answer is right in front of people. This is very doable, you know. So there's a yeah. so to solve this problem, right? Like the it's not re-education because there's so many smart leaders and so many smart you know instructional leaders, but I think they lose sight of this concept because of the accountability component, right? And so. You know, uh, you know, someone really famous and his name escapes me right now, you know, once one of the biggest drivers of systemic change in any any, any educational uh, institution is, you know, that notion, right? Like that you, you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to make change, um, but it has to be authentic. So, so Dave, then, and I'm glad that you brought that up, right? Because it's like, You've got this great idea about authentically assessing students. And then you said, but what gets in the way is this whole accountability thing, right? Accountability gets in the way of authenticity. Oh, I like so that. then, 
know. Let's write that one down. Jot that one down. TM, TM. Yeah, TM, so TM. How do we address that, right? And, and in terms of getting your idea out there, how do you address that accountability part? Because it seems like trust. no one, right? Talk about talk talk to me about it. Go ahead. Trust what? Yeah, trust. You got to give trust to kids. Trust children. It's mm. it's impossible, right? You don't you, you you can't you can't trust them on more. And and you know you got to change the states. It should be more portfolio based, right? It should be we should be the state should be trusting the local districts and local districts should be trusting the schools, right? To put in place you know portfolio assessment style, right? Where like. I'm building up, you know, a portfolio and that it's really, look, standards, standards drive instruction, right? That's, that's a guarantee. That's a, that's a must, right? Stand, these standards are developed by teachers in every state. It doesn't matter what state you're in. doesn't matter what district you're in. Standards are created by professional educators. Always. It's not like, you know, people weren't in the room like this. It's, you know, so this, when you look, especially now with the common core, right. And if you look at standards, that's what you're assessing, right? So, People need to take a moment and really learn those standards through and through and then understand how to put them into action. Right. So like when the standard says X, I can get and I again, you got to be creative here. Right. Not everybody on a staff is going to be able to do that. So sometimes people on the staff, you know, you got to know who your players are. Right. Who can do this kind of work in your building and other people can carry that work. Right. But they can't create that work. Right. And I'll, I'll get to that in, in, in a minute. But but the idea is, is they it's I forgot what I was saying. I was, went on to another idea in my ADD brain. Well, you were talking OCD about and ADD. Oh, getting to the standard. <laughs> well, right. The standard, so the standard. Right. The... So so uh, like if, if you if you're assessing standards, what, what does it matter whether it's mo- boils down to you know multiple choice I could put in the machine? Yeah. Machine. And it spits out the information when I when I have a portfolio and I have you know, I'm teaching middle school or high school and I have a caseload of 120 to 150 kids in Mark's old school's case. I probably have 200 kids. You're out of your mind, principal. Uh, you think I'm going to sit here and do portfolios for 200 kids? That's bananas, right? So maybe that's not realistic in all situations, right? But in other situa- in situations like that, maybe it's an exit interview, right? At the end of every class or in the end of every quarter. It's, it's something to that effect, right? Like, that's real world, isn't it? Like when I want to go, if I want to go get a doctorate, I have to sit in front of a panel, right? Like, uh, you know, when I want to get a job, I have to sit down and answer hard questions in an interview, right? Like, so, right, right. You, you know, maybe there's, there, there. listen, I'm far from the creative mind in this business. There's many, many more creative people than me, but there are so many ideas and so many interesting ways of thinking about saying, this is where we are. This is how I know my students as a principal, right, are moving from A to Z. Yeah, I still give them iReady or I still give, you know, and iReady is just like some, you know, machine. Yeah. Is good. I use that and I still give them, you know, mock ELA exams for that dumb exam that takes place in April or, you know, whatever it is, because that's the real world. But at the end of the day, my kids don't care because we've created a culture. So now, you get, how do you do this? Now it gets down to leadership. Right, because how am I going to lead my building? What are my goals? What's my mission? What's my vision? And how do I make all those things link up, right, with the curriculum that I have? And that's a whole nother problem. That's a whole nother podcast, right? Like that's a whole nother set of set of circumstances. Because now schools, well, guess what they do? Most of them they buy a program, whether it's Teachers College, 
highly regarded, or whether it's engaged mathematics, or whether it's ready generation ELA, or whatever it is, or whether it's a history textbook, or whatever it might be. Well, a little hint, those were written for everybody. They weren't written for your kids, right? So, you know, kids in Beverly Hills are using the same history textbook as kids in you know, maybe Bushwick, Bushwick or Brownsville, because the curriculum is the same, right? You know, you're still talking about New York in eighth grade or seventh grade or whatever it is, right? Or you're talking about the revolution in 10th grade or whatever it is, there's pacing calendars, but they have these bought store-bought curriculum, they have no flexibility. So until teachers, and they know they're not curriculum writers, right? But until teachers learn to own the tools that they use, you're not going to really solve the assessment problem. Right, because they're tied together. I don't know if that made sense to necessarily non-educators might be listening, but you know what I teach and how I assess are intimately tied together. Mm -hmm. Right, like you can't change one thing without dramatically thinking about how you approach the other. Right, and so like if I want to authentically performance-based assess my students, well, then my instruction has to be sort of giving them opportunities in that area. Right, so like. You know, and I'll give another subject with another example. You know, if I'm talking about um, energy in science class, in like eighth grade or whatever it is, and, you know, radiation, conduction, I wasn't a science guy, so some more of those big words, okay? Um, you know what I mean? Um, convection, there's a good one. That sounds good, right? Um, but all yeah, these, yeah, all these yeah. principles of energy, right? And heat transfer and all that stuff. So instead, again, like, why can't I just be like, you know what, I'm sick of the hurricanes in the East Coast. So I'm going to build something around the hurricanes. And you know what happens when the hurricanes hit? The power goes out, right? You know what happens when the power goes out? I can't cook anything on my stove. So I'm going to ask these kids to solve that problem by building solar ovens, right? And I'm going to ask them to build solar ovens. And I'm going to give them, I'm going to, you know, be like you know, Principal Williams. I need a couple bucks so I can buy like, you know, those baking trays, those aluminum foil baking oh, yeah. trays and like marshmallows and chocolate. We're going to do a, some more cook-off in the yard and whoever can build this, the best solar oven that'll melt the chocolate at the quickest temperature, whatever, 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 right? But they have to write a proposal. They have to put into play all these pieces, mm. right? Like, you know, why can't I do that? Why, why should I be afraid to do that? Why should I not, you know, mm. want to do that? And look, global, nationally, I heard nationally now, large, large percentage, but you get the common core stripping me of my creativity. Uh, it's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite, right? It was saying, no, we need to change this and this is the way, be more creative. Why can't teachers do that? Again, it boils down to leadership. And so all those things are connected. So you know, it could lead to multiple other conversations. So that's, that's pretty much that. Wow. Kathy, I wrote down a couple of things. Um, first of all, yeah. I, I wrote down a question. Are we assessing standards or are we assessing answers? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, just because I heard Dave say that earlier about answers. I also wrote down, let teachers own the tools that they use. Mm -hmm. We need to get mm -hmm. teachers to be more creative. And, you know, Dave, we use this term real world applications or meaningful applications but you use the word problems. And that one kind of rang with me a lot. Asking kids to solve real world problems. Um, and I don't know if I'm playing semantics here, but th there's something about that word problems that, that really sticks out to me. Um, as, especially when you talk about trusting kids to do particular things that we can assess them on. So 
those are a couple of things that stood out to me. And Kathy, also, I just want to say, as speakers and trainers, we're always teaching. And we don't give quizzes at the end of a training session. <laughs> we're authentically assessing, or we're at least trying to authentically assess people so that they know what they've gotten. I mean, that's why you do storytelling adventures and put blindfolds on people and things like that. Because it's a creative way to assess and find out if people are really learning what we're trying to teach. Right, right. Yeah, you know what really stood out to me, Dave, thanks for all that, by the way. It's like to, to be able to um, make the non-educator really understand what you're saying. You did it in such a brilliant way. I really, under, I, I really understand the issue. And it... <laughs> I could feel the heaviness of it all too, right? They're like you, it's almost like you know how you can fix it, but there's just a, there's just a lot of, of barriers to that. Um, but what I took away from it most was that at the end of the day, and you know, you hear people in mainstream, and I guess I'm by mainstream, I'm going to say people that are non-educators, right? People that aren't in the education system. Like you hear, you'll hear parent parents or you know people yeah, we learn this in school, but everything you learn in school, you don't actually use in the real world, right? Especially when it comes to math. And I think, you know, it's yes and no, because maybe yes, you don't use it the way that it's being taught right now. But Dave, you just showed not if you were teaching it in a more applicable way. And I also, Mark, saw a parallel when I was thinking when we teach somebody storytelling, we literally teach them to create, um, to be able to put the other people that are in, like if we're the teacher and we're teaching storytelling, we're teaching our audience, we're teaching the students, right? We're teaching them to bring everybody into the story. You're teaching, you're trying to say, bring the students into the, into the, into the problem, right? To solve the problem, be creative, understand it. Don't just give me a formula, like some people might try to teach you a formula for speaking or storytelling. Um, so I, it, I don't know, Mark, I kind of felt that parallel to that as well. It's like, I, I, I think it's brilliant. So I have a question for you though, Dave. I mean, I totally understand it. I get the, I get the issue. And, and I get that thing that you said too, is there's like an assessment for learning and then there's the assessment about the learning, you know, so there's both. What, it, what, what would be a best case scenario for you? Like what, if, if we could change how, you know, people were educating children in schools, what's best, what's, how, how could we fix it? If you could just snap your finger and fix it, how, what, what would it, what would it look like? How could we do it? Cause I want to get us closer. Like the speaker coach in me wants to like, I want to get to the idea faster. Right. I want to go, okay, well, what's the idea? You just explained how it could be different, but then how do we need to upsell that? So there's, again, there's not one idea here, right? The idea lives in the approach to teaching. And so the idea is, is, is creating programs in or redesigning teacher education programs, right? But since that's not really reachable on a, you know, someone may be watching this podcast, right? So how do I do that? Well, it's, it's here's, here's the idea. And like I said at the very beginning, it's simple and it's right in front of your face. It's called take a risk, right? Don't be afraid to take a risk. That's the idea, because most teachers will not take a risk. And so that's the big idea. The big idea is take a risk, put yourself in a position, right? Take the kids to a place and say, we're going to, this is the test today. This is this week's test. And be a, don't be afraid. 
what might happen. I'll give you an example. I tried to do like something really clever and creative once when I was teaching Lord of the Flies. And I, I tried to like, again, they could care less about Piggy. Oh, they like Piggy, but they didn't, you know, they didn't like Ralph and the other one. They didn't care. They didn't care about these kids. Like, oh, these kids are from like 1940, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I had to come up with a way to like, right? So like, again, the idea, right? Like I had to come up with a way. And so my idea was, again, again, not new, right in front of your face, learn by doing, right? Learning by doing, old tenant in education abandoned completely abandoned okay mostly pockets and really good examples of it but mostly abandoned is i tried to put these kids on islands so i formed groups because i have to right so many so many constrictions right that i have to follow but again i if i if i if i try to be creative and i try to think about well, I put these kids on islands and I say, well, well a hunter gatherer, I need somebody who can build a shelter. I need somebody who can do this. And then as the teacher, I would drop like little literary clues off about the text on the islands and be like, you have to, you know, do what the, the little thing that you found washed up ashore does. And so they would have to build something or they'd have to go attack another island. And I just had these kids and none of it made it. It was terrible, by the way. It didn't work. It was awful. I wound up like just, you know, playing and like it, the kids were on islands and I had to try. It was ridiculous. But the idea was amazing. And guess what I learned? here's what i learned i so my task with my my edict was to teach lord of the flies right give the unit test that's what i was told but my kids hated it and they wouldn't read it and they would all fail so what would i be doing i'd be perpetuating 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 but instead i had a big idea and that big idea was let me get the kids up and moving to learn by doing let me get the kids engaged in a like you asked me, Mark, let me get them engaged in solving a problem. So why a problem? Because it's engaging, right? Mm -hmm. And so another shortfall, and here's the big idea, engagement, engage students, know your children, basic tenets. They said all the time, but nobody gets the idea. I know it's boring, right? It's not like some big thing in a box that you unwrap and say, oh my God, this is the most beautiful idea ever, right? It doesn't have the big light bulb because it's there already, but nobody does it. Mm -hmm. So the big idea is just do it, take a risk, right? Mm -hmm. Get out there. You, you, you know, I hear, I, I'm telling you, for I was neck and neck with the Common Core at the highest levels in, this, in the country, right? For, for a couple of years, I was a Common Core fellow, I, I was senior fellow, like you name it. So I heard every complaint. The creativity is being stripped with the, no, it's not. We strip our own creativity from teaching by the way we assess kids, because the way we assess kids dictates the way we teach kids. So the big idea is, is dismantle that, dismantle that ideology, understanding that we still got to give a test. Understanding that funding is tied to some kind of number. And big part of that idea is trust. Like I said, right? Trust kids, trust kids that when you engage kids, they will, Mark, you, you've been in many classrooms, you've been in many schools, okay? Mm -hmm. Is there nothing richer than as an, an, as an observer, as a, like a senior observer in a, in a school, mm -hmm. when you see kids like doing things and moving around and building? Oh, and yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. As opposed to the more, and how frequent is that compared to the classrooms you've gone into where everybody's been actively, uh, inactively engaged or compliant, right? Like Brooklyn Tech. You tell me, best high school in the country, hands down. Not knocking mm -hmm. it, right? Not even a little bit. Uh, my, my good mm -hmm. friend David Newman will be very angry with me. <laughs> Not to mention our other good friend, um, former principal. 
but you know do you think that the the bulk of those kids of the six thousand kids in that building are like actively engaged outside of those amazing engineering classes you know let me tell you let me answer that question for you dave um by sharing this and kathy i think you'll appreciate it um the one particular opportunity that I had to exercise what Dave was talking about was when I was teaching a non-regents class, right? Mm -hmm. It was a senior 12th grade class. They had already taken the state exam for the graduation requirement. It was a drama class. And I had mm -hmm. a drama textbook and the drama textbook talked about all the technicalities of theater and the history of acting and all kinds of things. And it was drop dead boring. But when I took the risk, when I tossed the test and took the risk, and I'm going to say that intentionally because I'm so inspired by my good friend, Kathy. Um, I decided that I was going to ask every kid to write an original play. Mm. And then after they wrote an original play, I said, um, I'm going to read all of them and I'm going to pick five of them. And then each of the playwrights are going to host a reading of their script. And then the class will choose one of those five that they will actually produce in the auditorium. And I gave them fake money, fake budgets. This one was the producer. Yeah, this one was in charge of props. And, and they put on a show. And I got to tell you, I think those kids learn wow. so much more about <laughs> producing something, working as a team than they ever would have from reading a textbook. And that only happened, Dave, to your point, because I wasn't thinking about a test or a, 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 a traditional assessment. assessment. I was yeah. thinking about an authentic assessment. And Kathy, because I love you and I love your mind and you always inspire me. That's why I wrote down, toss the test and take a risk. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, so you're really good at that, Reed. You guys are good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm not good with a good, oh. I can't turn a good phrase like that. I could talk about, you know, quadrilateral, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. You know, that you I inspire a thought, Dave. You inspire thought. Yeah, but it's That's a simple idea, right? Like, look, look at the, I mean, it's right there, right in front of you. So it's not, it's not complex. It doesn't take much. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to build anything, you know, and, 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 and you are innovating. You're innovating beyond, right? Right. Well, Dave, you said something too that I think is really important um, that it, it, again, it's so simple. It's like right here, it's so simple, but it's like all you have to do if you're an educator, if you're a teacher of any kind, I mean, Mark, this, this even works great for us, right? Is like, how many times do you teach something and you're like, well, in theory, you should do this. It's like, don't say mm. theory, like let's pick something real. Like that, it's just like yeah. a theory. Who, who lives in theory? Like, those are a bunch of people that worry about things because people that are always thinking in theory are like, oh, in theory, this could happen. In theory, that could happen. But right. it, I, I really liked the real world um, scenarios. And just even if it was, even if it was something as simple as building a four by four plunge pool or like, it doesn't matter, right? Somebody probably did that, right? That'd be great for an athlete that needs to get doing the ice, ice okay. baths. It would be perfect, right? Maybe you wouldn't want one day, but somebody will, right? So it's a real world. And, uh, you know, Mark, what you did was so brilliant. I think about it. I had a friend one time when I was early on in my, like I was still working in the, the world. I was a director of marketing. And I remember my friend was going to college 
one of the, I'm not going to say which one, but I'm going to say one of the best colleges that has a really good art, you know, and marketing comms program. And the stuff he was learning, I was like, uh, we're like five, that's like five years ago. Like, and nobody does that. And I was like, just get into some of the programs and mess around, like create a fake movie poster. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like, so I get it. I get it. Right. Like do it like actively engaged. So I wrote that down too. That was well, the reason, so the reason there's a reason why that doesn't happen. Right. So I'm glad you brought up a create a movie poster. Right. So the principal Mark will, will relate to this. Right. So like <laughs> if I come into your classroom as an observer and this is where the breakdown is, and this is where the trust gets lost and the risks don't get taken because I'm mm. a principal and I'm not a season. I can't see what you're doing. Right. I, I, I just see what you're doing. You understand? And I walk yeah. in and I see this movie poster and I'm like, all right, so they're just drawing a poster. Like, how is yeah. that rigorous? Like, what does that teach? <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? So like the way you do, yeah. so like, that's the finesse, right? Like it's, it, that's why, and that's the killer because so many teachers, so many, none that I know personally. So anybody listening, none of you. Okay. But so <laughs> many teachers nationally, I'm not talking about just New York, I'm talking about everywhere. Just not willing to take that risk because they're afraid mm-hmm. that the principal is going to come in and be like, what, why are they drawing? What are they doing? Why are they talking? Why is there noise in your room? <laughs> I'm not joking. It's a, it's a, it's very real. It, it's a, it's a wow. risk killer. Sorry, I'm the only one laughing because I'm like, wow, that's the best way to have. That's the best way to learn. Right. But Dave's yeah. right. Yeah. Dave's right. If, if somebody would have walked into my room and saw kids kind of walking around the room, and I said, well, you know, they're working on their their original play. I, 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 to an administrator, it probably would have looked like mass chaos. And like a party going on, and I was taking the I I was taking the summer off in in April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's a lot of trust. You know, what, you know what's kind of funny about that though? I think we try to fix it by the time we get because you know Mark and I do a lot of work with corporations. If you we were putting on a training, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Mark. And somebody pays you a lot of money to come to do a team training or something, right? the more that you have them doing, the more that they're going to be like, wow, they're doing a great job. And you would think if you just go back to school and add the way that you're talking, you would think the less that I'm doing as the, as the speaker, the trainer, that they're going to be like, why are we paying you if we're, (laughs) but they don't, the more that you have them. And so it's almost like we're trying to fix it. It's almost like we're naturally trying to fix it by the time we get to a space where we're like, okay, it's serious business. Now we're trying to sell widgets. So when we're trying to sell widgets, we need people to really be creative and solve problems. And we don't care about, we don't care. Isn't that interesting? And that's the idea, right? Be authentic, have trust and take a risk. I'm going to bleed a little, I'm going to bleed a little bit with um, another person that's getting, she's on the same season that you're on, Dave, you're a season five, right? Um, Brittany Zimmerman, she was a NASA scientist. She did a bunch of space, like she's like really geeky, awesome person. She put together a new, uh, she put together a new company. And one thing that I love that she said, and it, this is kind of like, I feel like where you're going with it all. She's like, yeah, I created a company so we could solve, we could solve, uh, what'd she say? Earthly, uh, have Earth earthly applications. applications. Earth application. Something really uh, geeky, right? That's it. She should be a teacher. I wish she would come. I'm not joking. We need people like that. That's exactly the statement. That's literally the statement. We need earthly. We didn't do earthly obligations. It was, but what was even better than that? Because she took it further. She said, well, we want people that are not like when we're trying to solve a problem, we don't want the people in the industry to do it. 
because we want people to think differently about it right mm. and so that's what that's exactly what you're saying and, and she's like guess what they come up with things way better than people that have been hundreds of years doing the knowledge that's in these industries and people are coming from outside of it and going well wait a minute you know which is maybe where I came up with the inner. I'm like, are you, this is a design thing. You're doing this. And then you're like, well, and then Mark, Mark's like, well, how do you walk if yours is right up against, if it's four by four, but then how big is the pool? Like, we're really starting to think about the earthly application or the, you know, the real world application. It's like, um, I love this. So Dave, this message is mostly, this message, well, this message is to all educators, right? Because it's to the teachers. The, that the call to action to the teachers is like be bold take a risk right or what you like you said what did you say toss the test and take a risk i love yeah. that mark and to, and to um, administrators and just and to follow. administrators and, and to administrators yeah. recognize it yes and be able to sort through what's nonsense and what's real and yeah, right like there's going to be plenty of people who are like yeah i'm doing what you told me and you're like come on right like you're not really doing what i told <laughs> you you're like man you know what i mean like like you you know uh, like come on yeah you know but you put on a clown outfit and you you know you, you can't <laughs> I, I this will probably get me banned from the show but i had a teacher in my school where i was teaching he was teaching history and he decided he was teaching about the palestinian israeli conflict in the middle east and that, that whole piece and he came dressed in as he came dressed up as a palestinian to the classroom and was like mm, yeah, but he was yeah. carrying like a cardboard machine gun and it was terrible and <laughs> he had to tell him like you can't do that but i appreciated what he was trying to do right like he was trying to like you know right, but, he, right, but right. so like there's you know administrators i need you also to like like you know build and build a, a nest for this work but at the same time being real about it right like, yeah, yeah. 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 Keep it real. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, sort through the nonsense in the real sense, right? Like, let's like, let's like have some. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's exactly. important because you know, listen, there's a lot of teachers, right? New York City's got what seventy thousand teachers. You mm -hmm. know, there's you know, what's the what you do the math on the ratios again? Remember, I told you at the beginning, I'm not a math guy, right? But <laughs> but but the idea, you know, there's not there's not everyone's the best. Not everybody's the best at anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's time for a different podcast because we have to figure out how that, you know, we need, we need, I don't have an answer to this question. We need to figure out how to attract people to the profession when they're not retiring and coming to teaching because I need a second well, job. Well, I love, I love that you said that too, because it's, and this is not a dig on anybody that's been, you know, that's, that's older than a millennial or anything like that. Right. It, it's, it's more of the thinking. It's like, it's kind of different thinking and, and new thinking in our brains, the way we're wired, even like, you know, now, now Ted talks are, are shorter, right? Now mm -hmm. things are shorter and stuff. And it's not because we're trying to dumb things down. It's just the, the world's moving at a different pace. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what you're saying too is so critical, Dave, if you don't actually get people to physically engage in learning, it's just, it's not going to even happen anymore. You want me to go back and read an entire book? No, I need to like, and so I, and again, it's not, it's just like. I would just use the word active instead of physical, right? Oh yeah, active, yeah, just yeah. Because yeah. you That's can't always be up and moving and doing, like sometimes, yep. you, you know, yeah. it's cognitive, and it, but, but it can still be, and that's the concept of rigor and depth of knowledge. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. I, I don't know, Mark, when he got to the point too, where it's just like, was like, here's the, here's the big idea. It's like, take a risk, do it. Take a risk, like, that's it. I, well, I it's like, not dramatic. Yeah, it's not you know, complicated. It's not like I invented a, you know, a, the, the, you know, the steam engine, 
And here's an idea, right? Like ideas, the best ideas are always the simplest ones. Executable, yeah. simple, executable, yeah. easy to easy to do. So awesome. I, so I have a question. I don't know. We've had we've had a long conversation. Dave, you put us through some math test. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I redeemed myself and maybe I didn't quite fail because no, yeah. you were my best yeah. student. No, fail. Ah, there's no. That's <laughs> another thing. There's no no. I can in math. If you, the minute you tell a kid you're wrong, they're out. No, right? Yeah. That's true. Actually, yeah. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna add one more point to this. So I come from a family. My dad's whole side of the family. They're all engineers. A whole bunch of different types of engineers. They're all math whizzes. I grew up my whole life thinking I was stupid because I like my mom's side of it the family is way more creative and that's more of the brain I got like creative design thinking thinking outside of the box and so I was always like oh I guess I'm just not I'm not as smart as everybody and and mm. and it was those things in school that always made me feel like oh I I didn't get the the math quiz right you know because I was thinking about it in a different way well that's confusing how you asked it could be this or it could be that mm. um yeah, they were just asking that. you bad questions I, that's right. I think that's important. Like, you know, that's the right question. Right question. The whole field important. related to that, right? Trying to yeah. break down, and there's a whole field. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not easy to do. I actually what trained if, for years doing that. How to write the right? How to write very specifically write the right assessments, so that you're asking you no, know, being very deliberate about what you're asking kids to know, and to be able to do. And, and that's where the two assessments come in, right? Because you're like, one of them is just like, like you could have assessed 10 different groups in the, in the you know, the little problem you showed us and nobody might've gotten the same and they all had different answers. Right. And yet you, you would say, no, that they're all right because of your, the way that you thought about it. And you, you, I like how you thought I, you, you put into practice what I wanted you to put into practice. I get it. Right. But I also, right. And so like there's nuance there because I have to guide them and this is the teaching, right? Like it's not just in yeah. them copying down the side plus side plus side plus side piece. It's the guiding them to understand mm -hmm. like, so why did you put those boxes on the inside, Kathy? Right? Like, I don't care that you did it. I just want to know why you did it. Like, what was your rationale? Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. And then like, let's take a look at the question. What in the question made you do that? Like, I didn't tell you to do it. Nobody told you to do it. You did it on your own. So what in the, something had to make you make that decision? What what was it? I don't care. It's not wrong. I don't care. Like just and Mark, why, did, why did you put the wall right outside of it? Like there's no room to walk around. What? <laughs> but, but when we start asking those questions, you get to the the why. And right, 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 the right. And in math, it's always a universal truth, right? Whether it's the right answer or not. And and then you have to remind kids that yeah, you know, sometimes you do got to get the right answer. Like that's okay. Right. Like sometimes, but yeah. the learning experience kind of gets you in the zone of like, hmm. First of all, I'm confident that my 18 is right, even though 16 would probably be the answer on the test, right? But in the test, it would only be a 16. There wouldn't be a 20 and an 18. You know what I'm saying? There would yeah. only be the 16. So that's okay. Right. But when I did the problem, like I, I learned what I'm doing, right? Yeah. I, I'll give you the and why? literally the kindergarten level example, first grade level of example, right? When you uh, tell me how many people do this, hold on. I don't know. I, I turn off my thing. Uh oh. No, no, it's I, you don't have to do anything. Just, to, just have to answer. Right? Good. I already. I don't want to. I don't want to. I didn't have Give me a. Give me a three-digit number. Uh, two hundred and sixty-eight. Okay, then give me like a two-digit number. 
Give you a what? Two digits. Two digits. You said 68, oh, Mark? 68. Okay. So. Kathy, I, I, Dave's playing all the games today. I know. I love it. I love right. it. I mean, do you do it like that? Yep. Yeah. Familiar? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what does this mean? What is What are these ones? What is that? The carryovers. Carryover. What, what does that mean? Carrying over. You're adding. Um, that, carry that, over. Yeah, adding. What does carrying over have to do with math? Um. That's how. It has nothing to do with math. You, you, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Not, nobody knows. My wife doesn't know. Nobody knows. Plenty of people know. I, I'm learn. This is place value. It's tens and hundreds and ones. So you do this like this because you don't need to think about place value because you you know memorized it and you went ahead, right? Mm -hmm. But when so in that Common Core math, when the parents are bugging out about why is squares and why are all these boxes and blah blah, it's because they need to learn place value, and it's the best way to learn ones and tens and moving tens to ones. Like they have to actually learn what that means in second grade. You're just forty, you know, thirty five, fifty years old, whatever it is. You, the last you time learned. you saw that was 90 years ago. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> like, so the, like, so so when teachers are going to teach math, they teach it like this. And the kids are like, cool, I'll put the one over the thing. That means a 10. Great. I'm just memorizing this routine. Right. And I, I yeah. have this routine down. And, I, and the routine will only get me so far. When I get to really complex math problems in eighth grade, ninth grade, I'm going to be like, what's the trick? What's the trick? Yeah. No trick. Yeah. No trick. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Carrying over doesn't mean anything. I love that. I mean, line. it does. You know what I, I mean. I was like, oh, like, yes. yes. You know what I know but, what it means. It, yes. But the way you said it was so memorable that I'm going to, it's going to stick with me. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, 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 but that, so that's why all those people were banging heads during the Common Core. They, didn't, they just didn't know. They, they're not teachers. Mm -hmm. And then and, you know, another problem to solve with another idea for another time is how do we get teachers to know, right? Like, you know, how do we put teachers in rooms? Why do we have common branch licenses where kid, people who teach in kindergarten through fifth grade are, uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll lead into another idea for maybe another time. But why, yeah. do, teachers, why do teachers in elementary schools, um, you think that they took 25 hours, 25 credits in each of those subject areas, the science, social mm -hmm. studies, math, and ELA in college? We think they went to college for 12 years? It's not possible, right? So what are they actually an expert in as a teacher? So we, we license and we tell our families that the kid, the people that are going to teach your children from kindergarten to fifth grade, the stuff they're going to learn doesn't really matter. Mm, yeah. We don't care enough about it to put an expert in front of you. Right. Wow. So that's a little dramatic, but you get my point, right? You get yeah. my point. So what yeah. schools, elementary schools are doing now is an idea to lead in and say goodnight to everybody, right? Is the idea that why don't we start to departmentalize in elementary school in fifth grade, in fourth grade, and rethink that, right? Like, wow, right? Like, and there are schools in New York City that are doing that right now. And it has an incredible bang for its buck in terms of like, you know, that accountability piece that we were talking about before. So for another time. Wow. Mm. I, I, Kathy, they, they, they just campaigned for season six, seven, and eight. He sure did. <laughs> he was like, I got, I got, I got so much to talk about. Well, Dave, you know, I'll, I'll take that as a cue. Like we've had this great conversation. I'm just curious as we've had this conversation, like what, 
probably not a lot. I, I'm thinking when you're talking, I'm like, nothing's really changing your mind, right? Because like you think clearly you think about this a lot, but like, how has this conversation like helped the way you think about the idea? Well, I'm very hopeful that I have a leader now that believes in the same thing mm. I do. And mm. so I, again, like I said before, I think it's just about leadership. Like it comes out of the colleges where we train teachers and, you know, so I, I think as we start to have leaders in place that are thinking transformatively like that, right? Like are thinking about, about how to make that happen, then it will. Because there's one thing I know about, you know, people in our business is that if they want something, they'll get it done, right? And like, if they, they'll find a way to get it done. They just need enough people to think it through with each other, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just leadership. Yeah, it all is on leadership. I love that. Well, yeah. Dave, if there's somebody out there that feels just as passionately about this subject as you do, and I hope there are many people, how, yeah, right? <laughs> there's one on here. Um, how would they find you? How, what, what would be the best way to reach out and connect with you? Uh, my email address is D as in David, G as in girl, DG, R as in Robert, A as in Apple, E as in ever after, B as in boy, E as in evict. I don't know. It just came to mind. But uh, D-G-R-A-E-B-E at gmail.com. Oh, love it. Love it. Wow, Dave, thank you for spelling that out. That's like, <laughs> no, yeah, that's great. Nobody ever adds the extra E in there. And it I, I get it. I get it. I have an extra E in my name. So, you know, I get you. I get you. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, you, you, that's right. People get it wrong all the time. I sent you an email. Didn't get it. There's no E in there. Exactly. I was well, searching for Kathy. I can come out. Yeah. Exactly. Well, for everybody watching, Dave, thanks for being on the show. Anybody watching that wants to come in and have a conversation, Dave, uh, it's been so great to have you on. And we love having conversations about anything and everything that needs to be talked about. If you know somebody that you think, oh, they should be on this show and they should be talking about this idea, whatever it may be, reach out to us. You can reach Mark and Kathy at our uh, website, which ours is www.itsaboutogodownshow.com. Um, Dave, this was awesome. Please, I love this idea of authentic um, assessments, uh, educators out there, leadership out there, districts everywhere around the United States and the world. Please think about what Dave said, because it's amazing. And he just proved it on our show. So Dave, thank you for being on and for everybody out there. Until next time, it's about to go down.